0: And then a little bit later, you start being held by the hand a bit more. You know, you're a toddler, and then you're growing up and going to school, and you're being led by the hand. And then a little bit further on still, and I remember being walked up the aisle by the hands of my parents. There are significant memories of being loved, cared for, and under the protection and provision of a parent or family. So what does it mean to be held? I found that there were three main things that I thought of when it came to being held. First of all, protection and safety. A newborn baby always wants to be in its mum or dad's arms. Hey, Jono. Safe and secure, wrapped up tightly to emulate the womb, soothed by mum and dad's voices. The baby doesn't even know that there are things to be fearful of at this point. Mum has always been the baby's home and place of safety. So when a baby is with its parents, then its source of protection is a constant for them. Some didn't grow up with a sense of constant safety and protection. And that is a sad reality in the broken world that we live in. When our reliance is on people, we can be sadly let down. But it's important not to lose our trust in God because of the actions of other people. I'll tell you what we get to celebrate, though. That you can turn it around. If that's you, you can turn it around for the next generation. Or if you did have a safe childhood, you get to continue that for the next generation and leave a legacy. We are all called to be advocates of Christ for the next generation, and I'll talk about that a bit more later. The second thing I felt that being held represents is provision without worry. When babies are first born, mum is the complete source of provision. They're not worrying about where their next meal is coming from, because it's literally within reach all the time. All they have to do is squeal and food is provided. Shelter, clothes, food, warmth. The basic necessities a parent provides a child. Yet this is the one I think that as we grow up and become responsible ourselves and not reliant on a parent for provision. In fact, we become the parents that are then relied on for provision. We are most tested in our trust of God. And he addresses it in Matthew Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 to 34. It's entitled, Do Not Worry. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? So do not worry saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day, mums, has enough trouble of its own. I think we could all say that. The third thing that I felt represents a baby being held as unconditional love. Now let's be honest, not all babies are born equal looking. Some are absolutely gorgeous and definitely ooh and are ah worthy and the ones we saw up here this morning just saying they were, so I'm being honest there, but there are some times, I don't know if you've had this, where you've gone to visit a baby for the first time and the baby resembles something otherworldly maybe. And you have to really carefully consider your response in this moment in time. Oh, what a lovely name. Or isn't she special? Or my favourite, oh, look, who do you think he looks like? Secretly thinking it's Gollum. But seriously, no, I would never, I would never think that. I would never. But seriously, the love you have for your baby surpasses all the surface level stuff. And it only deepens over time. Flaws, frustrations, and all. Your love is unconditional. Try and move on from that now, sorry. (laughs) Our God has that same love for us. Flaws and all, sin and all, brokenness and all, ignorance and all. And that's just my list. You can fill in the blanks for yourself. He's not just being polite to include you in the whole he sacrificed his life for you thing. It's not politeness that he's included you in that, like it was really meant for the better humans, but we'll include you seeing as you're here as well. No, he died for you, that you might have life. Now, those things as a mother are kind of like the ideal of what holding your child should represent. However, we are not always perfect, us mums. And I certainly had a couple of blooper real moments with my children where my hold on them wasn't as protective as perhaps it should have been. I'll give you just one so that I don't look like a terrible parent. I still will, but that's okay. I remember one time going to pick up Caleb from preschool and headed down there. He was excited to see me. He was probably about 10 or 11 months old, and I popped him in his little red stroller and uh, got talking to the preschool teacher, and we set off to go home walking down to the park, walking around the path, watching the ducks. It was just a lovely time. And then one of those big council mowers kind of like zipped out across the path. And I got a bit of a fright, so I stopped suddenly. And that was the point where I realized I had forgotten to harness my baby into the stroller. And he tipped forward while I, you know, slow motion, couldn't reach him, and he just toppled onto the concrete footpath face first. Those are pretty much the looks that I got on the day. Just saying. But I feel a little better because my mother-in-law had a story. And I can tell you today because she's not here. <laughs> so um, I know she'll watch this later, but she's in Australia at the moment, so she can't even reach me to, to tell me off. Now, when Carl was a baby, he was quite an active baby. Um, didn't sit still much. And so I don't know if you remember those bouncer nets. Now, not like the nice flash ones with harnesses and stuff like that these days. It's literally a metal frame with some woven I don't even know what they're made out of, but you popped your baby and you just gently would bounce them to help them calm down. Well, because Carl was such an active baby, she decided to get some stuff done. She would pop the bouncing eat on the bench next to her as she did the dishes, and she got distracted at some point, and Carl got quite excited and bounced himself right off the bench and onto the floor. So that does explain a lot. It does. You're right. (laughs) But as I read through numerous scriptures that talk about God holding us, I saw three depictions of God that I want to bring out today. Because while on Mother's Day our focus is all about how we are doing as parents, as how we are doing holding our children and taking them through life, I really felt that God wanted to remind us today that He is holding each one of us in protection, provision, and unconditional love. The first thing's a bit of an unusual one. I saw God depicted as a protective mother hen. Matthew 23, verse 37 says, how often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. Now, this was Jesus speaking of the people of Jerusalem at the time, but it gives us insight into the nature of God. His words were ones of longing, for his people to come to him for safety. It's a beautiful, beautiful picture of the maternal aspect of God. Now remember, we were made in his image. Male and female, we were made in his image. So the maternal part of us does come from God. Chicks, our hens with their chicks are quite amazing, actually. They are fearless. You think of them all as like nice and warm and comfort and safety, but they are fierce. They are really fierce, and they will sacrifice their own lives in order to protect their chicks. Hens always keep a sharp eye out for danger, and they spend lots of time and energy making sure their chicks have enough to eat. They worry about the safety of their chicks constantly. That's where the term somebody being a mother hen who's overprotective comes from. When anything's wrong, they'll call their chicks back to them and hide them away under their wings. And it's amazing to watch, because they have a lot of chicks and it's incredible how many they can fit under their wings. They use their own body to shelter their chicks from bad weather and keep them warm and dry and safe. And when there's predators around, a mother hen will try to draw it away from her chicks, even if it means that she will die as a result. And I'd just like to show you a couple of wee video clips that go together here um, about the nature of a mother hen. like yeah i just defeated an eagle that was pretty awesome (laughs) but that scripture from matthew describes our creator our god our father as a bird a mother bird no less because in this creature that he made he infused a sense of protection and fury against the enemy and also a willingness to fight to protect what is hers and this is god's attitude towards us his precious children And he wants us to stay close and near to him so that when he calls, we can drop what we're doing and run to him for protection because we mean so much to him. I can certainly see myself being mother hen, protective of my chicks. I would give my life for my children. So how much greater the comparison when Jesus relates himself to a mother hen, his love for us and fierce protection led him to the cross to sacrifice his own life to ensure that our lives would be saved eternally. We can all be protectors. It's not a role just in the context of being a mother or a father. We can all be gatherers, and we can provide safety and shelter, whether that's physically or emotionally. I'm most definitely a mother hen. But I have the same passion of of protection for my children as I do for others that are sold into human trafficking and sex slavery. It's something that God has laid on my heart And I want to fight off that eagle and protect those chicks. So I'm doing whatever I can to help. What is the fight that God has called you to? Which of his children, and I'm not talking children young, I'm talking his children, any of his children. Which of his children can you help? Here in our church, out in the community, across the world maybe. His heart is for his children. And he has given us the sword of the spirit and the armor of God to fight but sometimes i think we leave them in the cupboard when he has given us the most incredible weapon and protective armor that we can fight on his behalf psalm 91:4 says he shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge it's a beautiful picture the mother hen holding us the second depiction i saw was our creator when you make or create something that you think is good, you tend to be pretty protective of it, right? Especially if, in your eyes, it has great value. Well, both my kids love drawing pictures and making art. And since I can remember, from preschool days right through to now, when they have created a masterpiece in their eyes, it is hilarious watching them bring it, bring it home. I'll try and reenact it. They come out of the classroom like it's made of spun glass, like... You know, look, look what I've made and you go and have a look. Ah not sure what it is, but you just say, Oh, that's amazing. (laughs) And then the next part is the, the attempt to try and get it to the car in one piece, you know, when they've got their backpacks and everything else on. And I'll suggest, oh maybe you should pop that in your backpack. Horrors. Horrors that you would suggest that I would fold this masterpiece and put it in my backpack. So then the next part is when they come to the car, and this is the funniest bit. Now Sometimes I try and help, but mostly I just like to watch this. They try and get the artwork into the car while taking their backpack off without touching any surface. So they're like trying to get it in like this. One side of the backpack off. Try and get the other side off. And it's practically impossible, but it's hilarious to watch. But the worst thing is when it's raining. Oh, when it's raining. Just the fear in their eyes as they come out, you know. But it would only take one drop of rain on the surface of their artwork, and it is ruined. So we get it home, and they'll get out the paints or the felts, and they'll try and, you know, just fix up that little smudged part. But then, then we have to display it. Now, the place of prominence in our house is on the fridge. So if an artwork makes it to the fridge, it's a masterpiece. So it will go on the fridge. Not only will it go on the fridge, but every visitor to our home has to be taken to see the masterpiece. That's how it works normally. And then there's a period of time where you try and take that masterpiece and at least get it to the next room out of the way, on the way to the rubbish bin. <laughs> oh, I, keep, I keep all my kids' artwork. No, I do. I really do. If you're watching this, kids, I really, I do. <laughs> but you get the picture, right? The value that they place in what they've created. When our Father God created us, he said, it is very good. And he holds us protectively, and he grabs us out from under our enemies, and he cares for us our entire lives, never tiring of his beautiful creation. Second Samuel 22, verse 17 to 20, says, He reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. You are his beautiful creation. You are in his eyes very good. He never tires of looking at you lovingly. And even when raindrops of life cause a few smudges, You are a work of art in his eyes, and he lovingly restores the damage. He has framed you with grace and set you permanently on his mantle in heaven, held by the creator God. When you look at yourself, what do you see? Imagine yourself looking into a framed mirror, and that's the picture that God sets on his mantle. Do you feel proud of that image? I'm not just talking appearance here, I'm talking about a representation of who you are, your heart, your mind, your actions? Is there a peace in your heart about who you are being framed as and set upon God's mantle? Or is there embarrassment, shame, fear, inadequacy? You might feel like there's not just a couple of raindrop smudges, but some serious wear and tear. And how could that possibly be restored to a work of art? The only one that can restore you is the one that created you. You may never see yourself as enough, but you have to remember that when you've accepted Christ as your Savior, the Holy Spirit dwells within you. Then that picture that God sees of you, he sees Christ. He sees the perfection of his Son when he looks at you. You may not feel like a work of art, but I know the artist. And he's the only one who can fully restore and redeem you. And it doesn't matter if you're a modern piece of art or an antique. The value is the same in Christ. Isaiah 46.4 says, Even to your old age and gray hairs, I am he. I am he who will sustain you. I have made you, and I will carry you. I will sustain you, and I will rescue you. On Mother's Day, it is the love of the Father that he wants you to know, the maternal and paternal love of God. He cares for his creation, and I think this is beautifully illustrated in the story of Moses. When Moses was just three months old, his mother placed him in a basket and into a river in order to save him from murder at the hands of Pharaoh. God uses other people and vessels to protect us sometimes. The ark that protected Noah, the whale that carried Jonah, the small basket that kept Moses safe. Now Pharaoh's daughter who found him, she she couldn't feed him, she couldn't look after him, she couldn't nurse him. So she called a Hebrew woman, who happened to be Moses' mother, to nurse the child. Miraculously, God provided deliverance for Moses and his mother, I think. But he did so through the very one who tried to destroy him. Moses was adopted by Pharaoh's daughter and raised in Pharaoh's house. Did you know Moses' Egyptian name means, is born? But it sounded like the Hebrew for drawn out. Even his name testified to God's deliverance of his future chosen leader from the waters of the Nile. From his mother's arms to a basket, back into his mother's arms, God held Moses throughout. And I mentioned earlier in the scripture from 2 Samuel, he reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. And when you think of that relating to Noah, Jonah, Moses, it's an amazing picture. He created all things, and in him all things hold together. The third depiction of God holding us throughout scripture is as a shepherd. Now, shepherding is much like motherhood, I think not just the caring, guiding, disciplining, herding part, just the looking after animals. I think we all have this traditional picture of the shepherd. I think we've got a picture of the traditional lovely, beautiful picture. Not, probably not very accurate, but it's lovely. It's how we see uh, Jesus when talked about as a shepherd. But when I was looking up information about modern-day shepherds, it was quite different. I want to show you on a video clip here a couple of modern-day shepherds and what it means for them to move their sheep or their stock from one place to another, we could of it all. I just, I love it. I love it. Anyway, a shepherd can have quite a lonely job. Much of his time is spent alone in the hills with his flock. He moves the sheep from hill to hill and field to field so they can graze. He protects them from fierce predators. He carries the lame or sick sheep, or I don't know. He pursues the strays that wander away. He has a huge amount of responsibility and protection of the flock. And most of the time, That is all on him. That's on his shoulders. Does that sound familiar to some mums? I love this verse from Isaiah 40, verse 11 to 12. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. Who has measured the waters in the hollows of his hands? Or with the breadth of his hand marked off the heavens? I love that picture because those hands that hold the universe hold us. So we are gathered in the shepherd's arms close to his heart. And I especially love that he gently leads those that are with young. We need to know that today, mums. We are never on our own because while the shepherding may be a lonely job at times, we are always being led by our shepherd God. Psalm 139 is one of my favorite psalms and it's one that I know when Carl, sitting in his room as a teenager, gave his life to the Lord reading this scripture. It's a beautiful psalm that David, once a shepherd, wrote. And it's a beautiful picture of how God is involved in every aspect of our lives. The first 12 verses talk about wherever David went, God was with him. And you can picture him as a shepherd on his own, doing the work of a shepherd. He was never alone. God knew his thoughts, his ways, and his words. He knew David before he was in his mother's womb, long before he even had thoughts, ways and words. the same holds true for every person in the world. God is involved in every aspect of a human's life. So let's just read the first 12 scriptures from there. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. And here's a shepherding reference. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. It is clear that God's involvement is well before the day of birth. The next several verses talk about this. You created my inmost being and knit me together in my mother's womb. A picture of God holding us even before and within the womb, our place of creation. We are held by our shepherd, our creator. Can I invite the worship team up now? I'm aware there will be people here that have many and varied experiences in regards to their mother or being a mother or perhaps not being able to mother in the way you expected. Some people here today will not have experienced love, protection and provision growing up and may not have memories of being lovingly held. Some may have held their babies only over their lifetime to have lost them. Some may have held babies in their bodies but never in their arms. Some have held their own mother as she passed away. But whether Mother's Day is a celebration or a difficult day or both, which it can be, the most important thing to realize today is that no matter what our experiences are, we are held by a loving, protective God who is all sufficient. Our mother hen protects us under her wings, but also fights for us and sacrifices her life for us. Our Creator treasures us. He lovingly cares for His creation. He rescues and restores us from damage. We are His prized possession. Our Shepherd cares for us, guides us, leads us, and carries us when we are lame. He gently leads those with young. That is the God who holds us. We are held in our grief. We are held in our disappointments. We are held in our tiredness. We are held in our joys. We are held in our inadequacies. We're held in our suffering. We're held when we rest. We are held in our brokenness and we are held as we heal. We are held in our lack and in our overflow. We are held by an all-loving, ever-present, all-sufficient God. Amen.